Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work, today, we're going to challenge a lot of things about your faith, your work, your life, romance, intimacy. Yeah, we got to challenge them all inside the workplace, outside the workplace. What's appropriate? What's not appropriate? Today, as we always do on our Tuesday shows, we've got the lovely Mrs. Brangenberg joining us today, celebrating over 31 years of dating each other. It's just fantastic. So we get to celebrate for another week then. We do get to celebrate another week. Well, because really... Well, yeah, there's just so many anniversaries, the May 11th anniversary, the May 22nd anniversary when we made it officially unofficial, and then, you know, all of those different things. So I've got this verse for us to read today, and it's from the Song of Solomon. That's right, the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon 1, 8 through 11. If you don't know, O most beautiful woman, follow the trail of my flock and graze your young goats by the shepherd's tents. You are as exciting, my darling, as a mare among Pharaoh's stallions. How lovely are your cheeks. Your earrings set them afire. How lovely is your neck, enhanced by a string of jewels. We will make for you earrings of gold and beads of silver. Now, is that romance or what? That is. Oh, come on. That's good. If I could write stuff like that, you'd love that. 
Should we share with everybody the poem you wrote for me one time? <laughs> it was a Valentine's Day card, wasn't it? Was, it was, and it was very... Roses are red, oh. violets are blue. Not that one? Go ahead. I don't remember the rest of it. <laughs> I was thinking in the one where you said, yes, indeedy, you're my sweetie. <laughs> yeah, right. There was another one I did, there though. There was roses. another one. I'll have to look back and see if I can find it. Yeah. Today we're talking about physical intimacy... And romance. And, and we're going to just, we're going to first share how Christ is working in our lives, but then we're going to talk about that as it relates to the workplace and that as it relates to your marriage relationships. So, and should we remind everybody the reason every Tuesday we're talking about these topics is number one, we believe there's a direct correlation between how your marriage affects your workplace and vice versa. So if you're if you're under a lot of stress and a lot of crisis in your marriage, it flows into how you perform at work and vice versa. If there's a lot of stuff going on at work, it affects your marriage because you bring that stress home with you. And we are um, participants in the Dare to Be Different Marriage Mentoring Program at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. And so every week we've been talking about a topic that we cover in that mentoring um, process and this is one of them. Well, and really, what we're, we're we do all of this because everybody listening today can take this information. Whether you can't apply because you're not in a relationship right now, you know somebody that is. And, and we're trying strong marriages build strong families. Strong families build strong churches, the body of Christ. And strong churches can change America. But we can't. We can't change the tide of the destruction of our incredible country until we change the tide of the destruction of our marriages because forces from all over the world evil dark forces are attacking marriage each and every day and enough is stinking enough duct tape can't fix stupid you need biblical principles to fix stupid and we've got too much stupid applying to marriage we got too much self selfishness applying to our marriages we think it's all about how it makes me feel <laughs> you know this marriage is a serious commitment and people need to start committing to it. Marriage is difficult. If you're going to say, I do, when you're on the, you know, I have heard people say, well, I'm not sure I ever loved that person. That's a pile of bull, baloney. That's what I meant to say, baloney. And, and I did that blip on my own. No, one, Ivan didn't cut me off. It's a pile of baloney because when you were on that, uh, up on the, the chapel stairs, you're up in front of all those people. You love that person. Otherwise, there's no stinking way you'd have been up there saying, I do. If you didn't love that person, you wouldn't have done it. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> well, because I'm sick and tired of people saying stupid things like, well, I'm not sure I ever loved them. Well, that's baloney because you wouldn't have said I do in front of 50 people, 10 people, 2 people, or 300 people if you didn't love that person. If you didn't dream that you could spend the rest of your life with them. And then life interrupted. And life is difficult. Marriage is difficult. Life is difficult. Jesus said, if you're going to be my followers, you are going to have a difficult life. You're not guaranteed all the great pleasures of the world. You're guaranteed an incredible relationship with your Heavenly Father. So people, listen up. Everybody needs to work on their marriages. There's no exception. Jim and Martha need to work on our marriage each and every day. It, this doesn't just come easy to anybody. So work on it, people. That's why we're talking about it. Because our country is falling apart because marriages are falling apart. If you want to t 
tie the destruction and the downfall of our country. It ties to the decline of the commitment of husbands to wives in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. That's why our country is where it is today, because if husbands and wives have remained committed to each other and keeping Christ at the center of the marriage and stop looking at all their selfish desires, we'd have strong families today and our country wouldn't be falling apart. Period. End of story. Challenge me. You don't agree with me? Call into the studio line. Just challenge me. Come on. 855-265-2929. I'll take anybody on. We need strong marriages. Anybody else want to disagree with me? No. See, nobody's calling. Everybody understands. We need strong marriages. So today, we're talking about physical intimacy and romance and how important that is in a marriage. Yes. And each of these topics... Take a deep breath. Each wow. of these topics, the down purpose that behind them has been to give people the tools and to give them the encouragement to say, you know what? Having a couple of maybe a little bit difficult conversations can strengthen your marriage in more ways than anybody can ever imagine possible. And that's why we talk about this is not just to, to say, okay, there's this problem, but then to say, okay, let's talk about how can we come to some agreements in our marriage that are going to help us to grow together and have a better relationship and have longevity and have Christ at the center of it. What better place for it to be? Well, you're always telling me, you know, try to focus on the positive. Well, sometimes people need to be smacked upside the head to recognize that there's some negative they need to work on. Mm. We've just worked with enough couples to know that it's very easy to fall into complacency in your relationship. And then all of a sudden you forget why you're there in the relationship in the first place. Yeah. And we were talking about how starting the show with, you know, is Christ making a difference in our life? And we try to share on a weekly basis what Christ is doing. And I told Jim, I said, I have something I do want to share. And it's the fact that it's been very apparent to me this week. The enemy does not want good, healthy, Christ-centered marriages. And so he has just been... God has just been challenging me to pray differently for marriages because the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour. And one of the ways he's succeeding is by devouring marriages and pulling people apart, whether they ever get divorced or not, but creating a huge chasm in their marriage. Two are better than one. And they um, the the cord of three strands is not easily broken, but it's easily broken when it's not a three-stranded cord. And that's what's happening all over America. People are forgetting why they got married, that they do love each other, but that it's a much bigger picture than that, that God is has designed to be at the center of it and, and get the glory out of the relationship. And so um, I, that's what has just really been stirring in my heart that, you know what, this is something the enemy doesn't want. And so it is going to be hard and people need to keep focused. Our culture is so waters down marriage so much. It, it's either easy or get out. And that's what the culture says. You know, if, if it doesn't work for you. It's what makes me feel good. Well, feelings subside. You have to work on feelings. I mean, this is, oh, it's just, oh, oh. It's okay. So here we are. We're going so to talk just, about this. So the, if you've just tuned in today for the first time to the I Work For Him show, I don't always rant him, Rave, but I'll tell you what about marriages. Martha and I are passionate, but we're passionate about two things. Number one, your workplace it's your mission field. And in that workplace, you may be the only Jesus people ever meet. So it's so important you bring your faith and bring it real each and every day because people may never go to church. 
but they can see Jesus in you. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, we're passionate about marriages because I believe what I said. Strong marriages build strong families. Strong families build strong churches, the body of Christ. And I'm not talking about buildings. And strong, and the strong church can change the tide in America of the destruction. You want to look at the trouble in our nation? You want to watch the news? and You look at all uh, the struggles? You see the impact is because of weak families. Families whose the husbands have run out or the moms have said, huh, I don't want to do it anymore. And and the kids are left without a mom or without a dad or without both. Those kids need moms and dads. They need both. And they need you guys to show them what marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. I talked to a dad today and said, you need to understand your son, he needs to see you be a dad. He needs to see you be a husband so he can learn from you what it looks like. Mm, good words. Whew. Good words. So we talked about the fact that this is... So what were you going to say how Christ is making an impact on your life today? That he's stirring in me this this to pray. To pray differently. Uh, to pray against the enemy and to pray for these couples that um, can get so easily sidetracked by life that they forget to keep Christ at the You mean point. like our Sunday night? When it didn't matter what either of us said, we were constantly misinterpreting what either of us, we just both needed to go to bed and we stayed up too late and we just had like the stupidest arguments all Sunday night. We're just laying it out there, transparency, Jim and Martha have arguments and they were stupid and I had to say, forgive me, I don't know, a million times. It was just stupid. I let stupid things bother me. And duct tape can't fix stupid and I have lots of duct tape. I even have monster tape. That couldn't fix stupid. All right, so... We're talking today, this isn't going to be PG-13, so don't, you don't have to cover your kids' ears, but we're talking about physical intimacy and romance in a marriage and, and how important it really is. But let's just talk about where it's not, in, it's not appropriate. Okay. First of all, it's not appropriate in the workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, if, let's just say husband and wives um, work together in the workplace. That's not a place for physical intimacy or romance. People can see that you love each other, but don't make it awkward. Okay, but let's just say you are single and your boss is single or somebody you work with is single. It's still not an appropriate place for sexual intimacy. Ooh, I said it. I didn't mean to say physical intimacy or romance. Um, it, it, it's just not the place. Don't make, people, don't make it awkward. And, and one of the worst ideas you can ever have is date somebody that you work with. Why? I don't know. It never seems to work out. Does it? Well, I can't say that it never does. I didn't say it never yeah, seems to. Okay, it did yeah. say never, didn't I? But but the point is is that It does cause issues. There's just going to yeah, a lot of issues that come with it. But I mean, the truth be told, you spend a lot of time with the people that you work with and it may be that there is, you know, ultimately there becomes an attraction, but it's um one of the things we've talked a lot about over the last uh, year or so is that self-control is a fruit of the spirit. That means it should naturally flow out of you because of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There you go. So the workplace is a good place to exhibit some of that fruit. Right. And if you're, let's just say you're married and you're in the workplace, well, of course, romance and physical intimacy, inappropriate in the workplace because you're not there with your spouse. So it shouldn't even come into play. Be very careful. Protect your marriage when you're in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Don't go having lunch. If you're a woman, don't go having lunch with a guy that's not your husband. If you're a man, don't go having lunch with a woman who's not your wife simple and if it's unavoidable make sure your wife or your husband knows where you're at and don't do it very often don't have conversations with people that are the opposite sex about personal issues 
Yeah, that's a key one, because a lot of times it can be very misleading that it could lead somebody to believe that you have more desire to um, have a close relationship with them than you do because you're you didn't realize you were venting about another relationship. And then they learn things about you that maybe they shouldn't know. I heard a really good tip one time where somebody said, if you're married and you have the ability in your office to have pictures, um, it's really important to have pictures of your happy family, home life, and stuff to really just kind of send that extra message that, you know, it's kind of like wearing a wedding ring. It's where certain things are off limits and making it clear that you are a married person. Well, and most women will respect that. If they see that a man is happily married, women will not, they won't do it. They're loyal people. They're not going to go interrupt it. But if if a man starts hitting on a woman, then all of a sudden she gets wrong, uh, you know, ideas. It's and so it may, yeah. So just... You know, in the workplace, be careful. I mean, you know, a lot of marriages are destroyed because of of what goes on in the workplace. We need to protect our marriages all day long. I mean, we got to work at it. I, I, you know, we love what God instituted in the form of marriage, and we're fighting for it each and every day because it's the last hope for our. I mean, Jesus is the hope that makes marriage work, but when we destroy marriage, our society has no more hope. We've already ignored God. Marriage is the last bastion of hope because we're, we're walking away from God. So let's be that light in our workplaces. Let's let's be that. That's what this show is all about. We're trying to challenge the norm, shift the paradigm away from the way the world thinks. We're trying to let God change the way you think. And that's what Romans 12, 2 is all about. All right. Well, it's time for our book highlight segment, Martha. All who's, right. Who's it brought to us by? Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Building Family Ties with Faith, Love, and Laughter by Dave Stone. This book is all about building family ties with faith, love, and laughter. That's what it is. If you want to invest in your family and, and put faith at the center of it, get a copy of this book to make your family a family that stands out in your neighborhood as being something different. So often our families were so busy with the activities and that activities that we're never home in our neighborhoods to make an impact. God has placed you there, not by chance, but on purpose to touch the lives of those that live around you. Do you know the names of your neighbors in front of you, behind you to your left and your right? Do you know their kids' names? If you don't know your neighbors, how are you going to make an impact on them for Christ? How's Christ going to make an impact on them through you? You need to know them. But, so get this book. Make your family a stronger family. Building family ties of faith, love, and laughter. Call into the studio line now, 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. You already have. Go ahead. I just wanted to say something about that when you were talking about neighbors. In the Sunday paper this week, it was talking about this new neighborhood that was, they were highlighting. The 500 house neighborhood that looked like Celebration, but it was up in Pasco County? Similar to like Celebration. I think we should move. Orlando. Those houses were like, they, they were cheap. What I was laughing in my head about it was how they thought it was such a novelty you know such an amazing idea that they actually had kids in the neighborhood that their kids played with and that they had porches out front designed so that they would in, in the garage in the back in um interact with their neighbors and it's just so sad that that has been lost and that they're seeing this as oh this is the biggest selling point of this neighborhood um is 
what neighborhoods were originally created for. So I just thought that was really interesting. All right, Martha, we're talking about a subject today, physical intimacy and romance. And I know we've gotten a slow start to the subject because I ranted and raved about the importance of marriage and people giving up on their marriages too easy and the, the, you know all of that stuff. When people get married, men have an idea that marriage is all about physical intimacy and women get married because they think it's all about romance. Why? Why do women think like that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's we, not wrong. It's just different. Well, right. And we're very different. And, and guys are, are a lot of times not one tracked, but 90% tracked uh, into physical intimacy. And women are, they're more interested in the relationship, the romance. That, that's what attracts them to their spouse. It's that it's, we just look at marriage differently. Mm-hmm. Now, as we mature, those they both kind of tone out. I mean, not tone out, but tone. We get more on the same page. Balance. Balance. That's a good word. But it, we, we go through this subject in our marriage mentoring because a lot of times people have an unbalanced view of those things. So let's just talk personally about how we keep the romance alive in our, in our marriage. Okay. Well, you know, that's such a a fun question because it makes you think about the things that we've done and the ways that you have um, been so sweet. And one thing, if people have listened to the show at all, they know that you are a date, calendar date type person. So he knows the first day we had a date. May 11th, 1984. Okay, we're not going to go through all that. Okay. You don't need to prove it. I'm just telling everybody. He knows the dates that we had our first kiss, when we had our first date, when we, of course, got engaged and married and babies and all that good stuff. So you are very good about um, making those significant, remembering them, even having come so far as to think that cards are silly, and yet you understand that that's a part of the reminder and the celebration. They're not only silly, but they have gotten to be wicked expensive. Expensive. Oh, but you can buy them at Karis Bookstore. Karis so. Christian Books and Gifts, but they don't have... I had ha- somebody tell me the other day that our price on cards was better than um, a lot of the retailers. Oh, it is absolutely so better. That was that was nice to hear. But if I buy them at your store, you've already seen them. Oh, I don't read every card. Uh-huh, what but, how, but what if you had? Then it wouldn't be original and new. So. Okay, so anyway, you remember by giving That's me That's the only cards. thing that I buy that, would, that yes, I could buy at your that's store. Okay. That's all right. Um, you're very good about complimenting me um, in ways to um, be romantic, uh, taking me out, going out to dinner or going for walks, wanting to spend time with me. Um, all of those are things that you do that I, I think of when I think of how you have tried to keep the romance in our relationship. Acts of service. Yes. Dishes. Laundry. Yes. yes. Vacuuming. Vacuuming. Not dusting. No, but you won't wear an apron, so that would be so cute. I'm wearing a stinking apron. <laughs> I have this really no. frilly, cute. All right, some of some of the things you do to keep the romance alive. You always dress nice. You're always looking your best. Uh, you're you do you know that quality time is my number one love language, and you have learned to sit still at times next to me to hold my hand. You understand? I'd love to go on bike rides. It's not your favorite thing to go on a walk on the beach. is very very nice. In fact, we're going to do that tomorrow morning. Just going to tell you now. I'd like to go on a walk tomorrow morning yes. before work starts. Uh, but but we're and you. Get cards. You know what kind of gifts to buy me. I'm not a big gifts guy, but you know what I like. Shorts and shirts. <laughs> Pretty simple guy. Tough. Chocolate. Uh, Ice cream. Going out to Dairy Queen. Dairy. I do like Dairy Queen. Of course, I'm Dairy not usually Queen the one to suggest that. So. No, you're not. But, but that's okay. But we're, we're, we try to be proactive about it. And, we, and by investing in 
married couples through marriage mentoring, which Martha and I do a lot of, it, it reminds us to work on things all the time. So, because we can't do that, that whole do as I say, not as I do, that doesn't work for us. It didn't work for you. So, we're not going to do it to you. If we say do it, we're going to do it. Like, the biggest thing, if you want to increase the physical intimacy and romance in your marriage, the number one thing you can do, the number one thing you can do, the number one, I'm waiting for some sort of a drum roll or something, Ivan. I, I was just looking at me going, Jim, He's, just say he was it, would waiting you? to hear what you were going to say. The number one thing you can do. Pray with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the most incredible thing. But how often do we have to remind people that as Christ followers, we should be praying together? How often do we have to remind married couples that? A lot. All the time. A lot. It's yeah. Now, you may have never heard that. It is the most incredible thing you can do. If you want your marriage to grow, get stronger, become more incredible each and every day, you need to pray with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Ivan, do you pray with your wife? Oh, oh yes. crickets, crickets there. Okay. All right. Does she listen to my show? No, she doesn't listen to my show. All right. I'm going to send her an email. Okay. <laughs> you send her an email. Hey, Jim challenged me to pray with you. Uh, it, it's it's an incredible thing because then you involve your Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So, that, but that's, that's the number one thing we tell people. That's we, like the secret sauce. It is the number one secret sauce we tell everybody. The number two secret sauce? Schedule time together to communicate Mm -hmm. without the TV on, without the cell phone interruption, without the kids running around. Just schedule time. Mm -hmm. Put it on your put it in your outlook. Send each other reminders and and do it daily because there are things going on in your lives that you need to share. Yes. Okay. That helps. Better way than to come before the Heavenly Father together and to ask for his help and guidance. Now, let's let's just hit a couple of things. Again, I'm not going glass half empty. We're going glass reality here, reality glass here. How you acted physically before you got married, it impacts your marriage. So if you want to know why you may be struggling in physical intimacy and romance in your marriage, Number one, you spend all the time, men, I'm speaking to you right now, you spend all the time chasing your wife. You'll do anything, you'll change anything to get her to to say yes to you, and then when you get married, we just go back to where you were before, before you even met her. You, you You stop the pursuit. Women love the pursuit. But if you've been physically active with each other, it impacts your marriage. Now, it's too late if you're married and you've already done that, you've already been physically active before you got married, understand it could be one of the issues that you're having in your marriage today. You have to be able to deal with it. You sinned before your Heavenly Father, and it impacts your relationship. You have to deal with it. You kind of under your breath said it's too late. It's only too late to change that fact. Sorry. But it's not too late to make a difference. No, all of our sins have been been paid for by our our Savior, but we need to confess our sins, and a lot of people don't even realize that that could be the cause of the issues that you're having. And the really cool thing about the Marriage Mentoring Program is it gives you an opportunity to articulate some of those things, and in a a quote-unquote safe environment, not that it's unsafe at home, but you have um, understanding people sitting there trying to walk you through this, and so that's the beautiful thing about having these conversations, and I, I know that there are things that you may think in your head, oh, I really, really like to talk about this, but you just don't know how or when or what's the right time or are they on the same page? And when you come to mentoring, you you know that for the next hour, hour and a half, you're going to be talking about your marriage. That's a given because that's why you're going. So while you're there, then 
some of these questions that you've answered on the survey come up in the um, conversation and you're able to, in that environment, actually have a discussion about them. And you're in the presence of another couple who's working on their marriage and wants to help you work on your marriage and and maybe instill in you some wisdom. Mm -hmm. Because we've all made mistakes. Yep. Now, so so hear us in this. There's no, Christ came to redeem how many things? Was that a trick question? It was a trick question. All things? All things. <laughs> and so all of the things that are messed up about our world, Christ came to redeem all of those mm. things. And so if you've messed up, Christ came to redeem that stuff. Yeah. Let him. But you got to deal with it. You can't just ignore it. You can't pretend that it didn't happen. And we can't just hold on to it as a safety thing. No. You, no. You let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, sing the song. Let it go. I don't know the song. <laughs> Ivan, you've got little kids. They sing that song at your house, don't they? Yeah. Well, well, if Sarah called in, she'd do it. She did that whole video thing yeah. yeah, on her Facebook. Okay. All right. So let's just talk about, we do this survey, and there's about 10 questions on the survey having to do with physical intimacy and romance. Mm-hmm. And these questions are, there are there's statements, and it's an agree, disagree kind of a thing. And so these are some of the questions. We're not going to deal with all of them, because some of them are not even PG-13. They're beyond. So my parents had a healthy view of physical intimacy and marriage. Agree or disagree. And... This is something that really impacts kids. Parents don't realize that their attitudes, their actions, their views of physical intimacy and inside of marriage, really, or of marriage even, it really impacts their kids. It does. And a lot of people don't even think about that. They And then when they sit there and ponder it and go, hmm, it, it, I either agree with that statement, they did have a good, healthy view of it, or, wow, they really didn't. And I probably picked up some of... Um, their, you know, views without even thinking about it. In other words, let's just say that your parents demonstrated exclusivity. Mm-hmm. In other words, they they maintained fidelity with their spouse all of their lives that they were married together. What a great example. That communicates one thing where inexclusivity, what's the word for that? Um, okay, being free with yourself, with more people than just your spouse, that communicates a whole different thing to your kid. And so it's something that you really, your kids are watching. Again, do as I say, not as I do, didn't work for me, and it won't work for you. And you know that healthy view in that situation, it could not actually have been an affair or something like that, but flirtatious actions, things that cause, you know, when you think about it from a kid's perspective, especially because they're the ones watching, that could cause confusion. That I don't understand why they're acting that way well, around somebody else. We learn a lot of ridiculously wrong things from television, magazines, mm-hmm. the internet about physical intimacy. We learn a lot. We we you know our society. This is just an amazing thing to me. A lot of women don't really understand this either. That that our society has, for the most part, depicted women as objects. To be ogled after instead of human beings who have feelings and have personality and, I mean, to have a relationship with. And men have been trained to look at a woman as an object based on everything that comes on TV, the Internet. People, they advertise 
whatever they advertise, they always have a cute girl in it. It doesn't matter what it is. I saw an ad for, I don't remember what it was, like a university. They got some cute girl on it. Well, why? Because it gets a guy to look at it. it. The healthy view of physical intimacy and marriage, we don't hear healthy views of marriage on TV almost anywhere. And in when they depict marriage, they always depict the man being stupid. Uh, oh, what? Nothing. Oh, you gave me the look. Okay, they almost thinking. always do that. Maybe I'm wrong saying they always do. But they don't they don't depict healthy relationships where the husband is actually able to lead and the wife is respectful and the husband deserves that respect because he treats his wife incredibly like Christ loved the church. We don't see that on TV. I mean, name a movie recently where that was depicted. And I'm not disagreeing with you at all. What I was thinking about was the fact that, again, going back to what the question is, is about the parents' view what you allow your kids to watch, what you allow in your home, basically communicates to your family that you agree with it. Right. So the point... You're endorsing it if it's on. The point of the question is for you to think about how was I influenced? Were they, was I influenced with good, healthy views or not? And then... Um, for the couple then to talk about going forward, it's important for us to have good, healthy views of marriage and, and physical intimacy for the sake of our own kids in the future. So um, this is just such a good conversation starter, really, a good place to start and say, oh, my goodness, you know, yeah, it wasn't so healthy at my home or you know what it was. And I really want to perpetuate that and I want to keep that up. And, it, it, and talk about not only should the romance part be worked on, Every week, you should be dating weekly. You should be having special time together on a weekly basis. But physical intimacy is should be a regular part of your relationship. We run into a lot of couples because of kids and schedules where they're not regularly physically intimate, and it's destroying their relationship. That was the glue that God designed to keep us to, to hold us together. So it's important to be able to focus on that. When we come back, we're going to talk about understanding the difference between physical intimacy and romantic intimacy, and understanding because a lot of people really struggle with the difference because they are different. There can be related, but not always related. So it's really important we talk about that. And I understand we're skirting around a lot of issues. That's because we're trying to have a family-friendly radio program. But we're just trying to challenge you to ask questions, communicate. If you've got questions, your spouse has answers. But you have to stop and talk to them. People don't realize how significant marriage is to our society and how important it is in our society. And we've downplayed it and we've called it all different kinds of things. But marriage is the glue. It's the glue that raises kids who don't get into trouble. It's the glue that raises kids and teaches them what positive relationships are all about. It is it is so important. But we as the church need to demonstrate this instead of acting just like our society. We need to change the way we think and allow the Holy Spirit to do that changing. All right, I said before the break, I teased it. Not on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose tease because I'm not that good at radio yet. <laughs> but then we're going to talk about you know, one of the questions on the survey is we agree and understand the difference between physical intimacy and romantic intimacy. And most people, the, the wife would usually say yes, and the husband would, no, actually, the husband would usually say yes, and the wife would say no. Mm-hmm. Because the guy thinks they're the same. But they're not. I mean, romantic intimacy is a connection of the mind. I mean, physical intimacy, you know, is an act. Romantic intimacy involves an intertwining of spirits. Mm-hmm. It, it, it involves really being proactive in our relationship. It, it's something you really have to work at. And, and a lot of guys don't understand that. They think it just should come natural. 
So this is a good time when in the um, conversation of mentoring for them to really talk to each other about what it really, how they do identify it and how they define it so that they're better on the same page. Most couples have neglected their dating life. Most couples have neglected their communication life. And so the intimacy part on a wife's standpoint would be very rated very, very low. And a guy would say, well, I thought we were okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, she never said anything. I thought we were fine. Yeah, that's the big danger. And that's the beauty, again, of mentoring because that's this right. gives them the opportunity to talk about it. Fleshing if it out. never talked about it before. But it, it is a true fact that most people's perspective of dating is it's expensive. If you have dinner and going somewhere else, a movie or walking the mall or even walking the beach, or but you have to have a babysitter, it can be very expensive. But one of the things we try to remind people is it doesn't need to be, you know, just Make a picnic lunch and go for a walk on the beach. Um, there's so many things you can do that actually Put more Put your kids in a playpen. Go in the other room. It's more meaningful because of the fact that you've actually thought about and prepared a little bit um, ahead of time. So, you know, we want to challenge people. This isn't about the money. This is about the time and the time that you invest in the others that you love. And that's the bottom line. So being able to, um, again, have that conversation and come to an agreement that says, okay, um, this is important, but this is also important and have that conversation. Hmm. All right. So that's so you say that so well. Uh, it is. This is one of those things where, you know, one of the other questions is, hey, we believe that our physical intimacy, our romantic intimacy can be affected by our moods, our desires and a season of life we're in. Absolutely. But you've got control over those things. You know, a lot of times yeah, I, was, I was talking with a friend just recently and he talked about how his kids are all involved in activities and they're never home at night anymore. I'm like, OK, so guess what you should do? Say no. Just say no. Mm-hmm. Nancy Reagan said in the 80s, we can say no today. Just say no. You know, it's the best thing for a family ever. Just say no. Say yes to family dinners. Say no to things that interrupt with family dinners and weekends at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think people need to be empowered with that. But they also need to be on the same page with that. So, again, having that conversation and saying, um, what do you think our weeknights should look like um, as far as our busyness? Because... Like the question was, our moods, our desires, and the season of life we're in, that's always going to be an influence on our lives. So trying to figure out how we can improve our moods, improve um, the season of life to not dread it, but to really be thrilled by the season of life that we're in at this moment. Awesome. Okay. Just so you know, the couple we're having dinner with tonight, they're trying to get our order for dinner. And my phone just died. So just so you know. All right. So listen, <laughs> uh, we just some of the homework we give couples when we are at this stage is in order to really become intimate, mentally intimate with your spouse, you need make sure they put Mexican on there because okay. we definitely want one of those. Okay. We're having sushi tonight. Sushi romantic dinner night. Okay. Um, we, we make sure people understand their love languages. You've got to you've got to do that. You've got to do read the love language book. You need to understand each other's love languages because that's how you build intimacy with each other. Because you got to speak in love to your spouse. So we we always assign that if 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 a husband and wife doesn't understand what your love language is, it's impossible to communicate love. Uh, we also say take your husband on a romantic evening where you plan it all, or your wife on a romantic evening and you plan it all. You know, and write a love letter. To your spouse. Those are the greatest things ever. Martha writes me a note every time she goes away on a trip for Karis, and, and I, I save them all. They're posty notes, or they're in my books, I, 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 but I save them. 
I don't throw any of those notes away. I've got them forever. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work Frame show. Do you have anything else you want to say about this, baby? Because we're out of time. No, just remember that uh, marriage mentoring has a lot to offer, and we have that at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. That's right. Found online at indianrocks.org. That's indianrocks.org. And if you want to find out for your church how to put in a marriage mentoring program, just contact us, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com or go to daretobedifferent.com. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I work for him.